Attention mining investors. Brazil Resources Incorporated trading as BRIZF on the OTC and BRI on the TSXV is exploring and developing five gold projects in Brazil, surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits. It's acquiring a nearly 700,000-ounce gold resource. BRI has top geologists earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold in Brazil, led by recognized mining executive Admir Adnani, chairman. Check out Brazil Resources com or call 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome back to the second hour of Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and it is a distinct honor to have with me today a member of the Israeli Knesset, Moshe Feiglin. Moshe Feiglin was elected to the Knesset this uh, past January. Uh, he is a has been a candidate of, to become pr- uh, the primary of Israel, uh, and uh, he, is, he is really a very unique uh, politician. I would call him more of a statesman because I believe he is one that really stands up for what he believes, uh, and it is his conviction of ideas that are bigger than himself that actually, in my view, make Moshe Feiglin a very, uh, a very, very unique individual. Uh, I also have with me Bob Unger today. Bob Unger uh, knows Moshe, has known him for some time, has followed his career. Uh, and Bob, being Jewish, is more in tune with the uh, Israeli culture and with Israeli politics than I am, so I'm uh, very glad to have Bob with me. Bob also uh, introduced me, or at least made me aware of Moshe Feiglin's um, career in Israeli politics. So welcome, both, uh, both of you. Welcome, Moshe. Welcome, Bob Unger. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm actually more familiar with Jewish culture as opposed to Israeli culture, but that's what Moshe Feiglin is all about. Well, I think that's right, and I think we'll get into that, uh, into those ideas in just a moment. Uh, Moshe, I was very much privileged to meet you a few weeks back here in, in New York City uh, and to watch a film uh, that uh, really so, told the story of your life and your career and what you're all about. Uh, those within the uh, your party, the Likud party, have described you as a dangerous extremist and a Zionist totalitarian tyrant. Yet, from what I know of you, you are really for personal liberty and not at all interested in having government force a religion on anyone. Why have you been called a Zionist totalitarian tyrant? Could you explain what philosophy of government you think Israel should uh, should pursue? Basically, what I what I believe is what I think. Uh, well, maybe ninety percent of the, what the founders of the United States uh, were trying to to build in in your land. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about freedom. Basically, this is what we're talking about. The message, the biblical message, the message that the Jewish nation carry and brought to the world under the, under the wing of one God. Uh, this is what I believe, and this is what the purpose, that's the purpose. I believe that the state of Israel, the state of the Jews, should serve the entire, the entire world. Well, you said under one God, and uh, so monotheism, of course, is the basis of, of Judea- Judaism and Christianity, which followed, and I was brought up as a Christian. I would not be a Christian if it were not for, uh, for the Jewish people, for sure. Um, but maybe that is one of the basic differences then. Uh, between the philosophies of government, because it seems to me uh, that more and more what we're hearing in America, at least, is uh, is a non-belief in a God at all. 
Well, you know, if you if you're looking in on in the world's map, you see that uh, at least in the Western world, uh, Europe. If you if you're looking at those countries that uh, secularism and, and atheism. Uh, is more dominant over there than mm-hmm. the least. You see that those countries are simply just disappearing. You see a civilization of 2,000 years uh, crumbling down in, in front of our faces. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, uh, it's an amazing historical moment that, we, that, that we're looking at. Um, and uh, yes, I, I see a direct connection between uh, monotheism, the belief, that most of the people in the, in, in, in the specific uh, state, the specific country, uh, carry, and the uh, ability of uh, of this uh, state to continue to survive. Well, you say uh, that you know the basis is God, monotheism, um, but at the same time, you said in the film that I saw, you said that you believe that religious laws are bad. You said that you you think religious laws provide a fertile ground for unjustified hatred. Well, certainly there is an element of that concept in the U.S. Constitution as well, the notion of division of church and state, separation of church and state. But could you explain why you think that religious laws are bad? I'm not talking about... I, I did not talk about religion at all. I did not even mention the word, the, the word religion. Uh-huh. I'm talking about culture, culture based based on belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, of course, the the, the religion is part of it, mm-hmm. but 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 that is not the the point. The point is: Do you believe in something bigger than you? Do you mm-hmm. uh, or, let, or let's let's uh, go a little bit deeper and let's face it: Do you make yourself God? Ah. Um, that 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 is the kind of religion, so-called religion, that we're facing. Religion. That makes the the, um, the human being the god. So on one hand you see communism that that did that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand you see circular uh, secular secularism, if I can mm-hmm. say so, mm-hmm. that is doing that. Those cultures that uh, uh, that uh, eliminates God are, are live 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 faith out. Disappearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, you see uh, Islam that uh, definitely has that belief, but from a very uh, um, problematic point of view, taking over. You can't. You can't uh, um, uh, keep yourself against that strength without that kind of, of strength of your own. With belief in front of belief, not uh, not just. Uh, Empty hole. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly there is an element uh, of free will. I believe that that we are given as creatures, right? And so, uh, well, the message, the message, the message of 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 monotheism, the way I understand it, and the way Judaism uh, understands it, is is freedom, as I said, and part of the freedom is the free will. Mm-hmm. The free will to choose God or not to choose God. Right. This is what uh, Islam definitely don't believe in, and uh, Christianity, you know better than me, so you you tell me what. Sure. <laughs> no, I think free will what is is it is at the very basic basis of it, and it, and it comes from Judaism. Is uh, you know Christianity? There's uh, I would say there's there's virtually nothing that Christianity believes that Jesus taught that wasn't then isn't taught by by sincere Judaism. So. Uh, that is what I think binds uh, believing Christians with believing Jews together, and this whole notion of uh, of, of humanism, which is a, another term I think for what you're talking about, getting rid of God in essence. Uh, yeah, Jay, is, I think I think that what both you and Moshe are saying is that either way you're going to get a religion. It's just a question of whether you're going to worship the God of Israel or you're going to worship man as God. Either way, there'll be a religion. Yeah, that's that's percent uh, agree. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point, and I think the God of Israel, which is easy, uh, is the God that Christians also worship. Um, yeah, you know, has has its roots in uh, in Genesis, in the in the four in the five books of the of the Bible that we Christians know. And I would just mention to a, a wonderful Israeli 
uh, Jewish man, Gerald Schroeder, Dr. Schroeder, who I've had on this show, I think has been very, very helpful to me in terms of showing, he's written a book called The Science of God that I found to be extremely helpful to me. Uh, and I believe that, you know, if anything, uh, science confirms the God of the Bible, um, the, the God that we were told and taught about uh, in our Sunday school classes uh, that you, uh, that, that uh, worshiping Jews believe in as well. But Moshe, you know, I mean, you are painted as a person who is really a radical, a person who is very, very dangerous. Uh, some have said that if you were to gain more power, you would you would expel Arabs from their lands. There's this whole notion that that contrary to the things that you're talking about about treating people uh, in a way that God would have us treat other human beings, that you are somewhat of a of a you know real dangerous person. Uh, that you would do all kinds of bad things to Arabs and people that live in Israel now. Well, it, it makes me laugh because, uh, you know, we live in Israel today. Uh, none of Israelis will dare go visit uh, Ramallah or, or any any Arab uh, city behind the green line uh-huh. uh, because he'll, he won't get out there uh, <laughs> alive, you know. <laughs> but any Arab can walk everyone, everywhere he wants in Israel, uh, feel comfortable and more safe than he's in, in his own city. So, so I mean, I, I feel I feel a bit uncomfortable even 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 uh, answering those kind of questions. Um, but the bottom line is is, is 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 this: the land of Israel belongs to the Jews. The land, the, the land of Israel belongs only to the Jews. Uh, the Arab countries, the Arab region, belongs to them, and it's much bigger than. Than, than Israel. Israel has no attempt to uh, take away, take over uh, land that uh, that does not belong uh, uh, to the Jewish nation. However, the land, the land of Israel, the the, the 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 Holy Land, belongs to the Jews and only to the Jews. Now, those Arabs who live here and uh, accept the the full sovereignty of the Jews on their land can stay. And get all their human rights, uh, and we know about human rights more than any Arab, uh, na- any other Arab nation. Uh, believe me, you know when when you when you uh, suggest the Israeli Arabs um, uh, to to uh, to become part of the so-called Palestinian state, they they they, they run away to the to the others. <laughs> Just thinking of the idea makes them. Makes them crazy. Israel is a paradise uh, uh, for any Arab con- uh, in any uh, compared to any other Arab country. Mm. Uh, however, those Arabs who do not accept the Jewish sovereignty on their promised land, the land that they, that God gave them back after two thousand years, exactly as was as promised at, at the Bible uh, by by the prophets. Um, those of the Arabs who do not accept this sovereignty will have to find their um, their place somewhere somewhere else. Uh, exactly as if somebody will come today in New York and say and, and will try to to create his own country or his own, his own sovereignty somewhere mm. in Manhattan. Mm. It is exactly the same thing. Mm. Well, Moshe, let's get into the idea of you know you said this is Jewish land. Most of the Jews here in Great Neck, New York, think it's Jewish land because of the United Nations and the Holocaust. And what is the view of yourself and Manigot Yehudit, which means Jewish leadership, on why this land belongs to the Jewish people? This land belongs to the Jewish people because this is the will of God. God promised us this land, gave us this land over 3,000 years ago already. This is the land that we kept connected to all the years of exile and came back when it was totally empty, by the way. Um, um, and, uh, it be- and this land belongs to us, to the Jewish nation, more than any uh, uh, inch or, or, or grain of, er- of sand belongs to any other nation in, on, on earth. Um, any attempt to, to disconnect uh, this belonging, this connection of the Jews to their promised land is a war against uh, the, the God of Israel itself. Um, and, and after saying this, that, I'll, I'll, I would even 
add more. It is not only the history and the belief and the Bible that gives us the, 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 the right to this land, and I'm talking about the whole land, at least from, 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 from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. It is not only that, it is also the goal, the mission, that, that the people of Israel, the, the, the goal of liberty, the message of liberty that the people of Israel are supposed to create on this, earth, on, on this land and to spread to the entire world, uh, that message can be, uh, can be done only here in the land of Israel, in Jerusalem, in the Temple Mount. Uh, this is our land because of the past and more than that, because of the future. Well, Moshe, there you go again. Uh, this is the will of God. And, you and said, by the way, and yeah. by the way, and by the way, if what I just said sound sound extreme, I'm very proud to be extreme. Well, Moshe, you know, I just couldn't help but thinking your your beginning line, your your answer to Bob's question. Uh, you start out by saying this is the, the the land is belongs to the Jews because this is the will of God. And again, we get back to this whole notion of believing or not believing in God. It seems so so basic and so fundamental in terms of um, the, your world view. Um, but, but, but but it's also history. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's also, it's also very simple, simple history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, there is no Arab village in Israel besides one city, Ramleh. There's no Arab village in, in, in Israel that does not sit on the foundation of a Jewish village from, from 2,000 years ago. It's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. You're walking here at, at, at the footsteps of, of uh, King David, King mm-hmm. Solomon, mm-hmm. And, and, and all the places in the Bible. And on the other hand, you know that if you... If you, if you uh, talking the truth, there is no Palestinian nation there was never never was and if you're looking for the truth you find it if you want to fool yourself you want to if you want to lie you can do that as well mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, historically and also and also as as as, as i said before uh, from from the bible and and, and and our belief this land belonged only to the jews for the benefit of americans uh, moshe what makes you, and really not so much you, but the movement that you represent of Jewish leadership, what makes it different from the leadership or lack thereof that Americans are more familiar with? The difference is that Americans and the entire world uh, got used to, uh, to hear that Israel has the right to defend itself. And if you noticed, I, ne- I didn't even mention uh, the, those words from the beginning of our, our conversation. Uh, I'm talking about justice. I'm talking about right. I'm talking about positive values that we need to create and bring back. The, the people of the book have have that message of, mm. of, of liberty and freedom and, and and positive positive values. That by coming back, when the people of the book coming back to the holy nation, creating again the the, the biblical culture and have it as a as a as a symbol. For the entire world, lightening the, the world with a new, with, a, with that kind of, of message, that that is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that I have the right to defend my, I, I, myself or, or ourselves. This is ridiculous. If the Holocaust is the, the whole right for the existence of Israel, so maybe we, maybe you can find us place somewhere in in, in an island next to Hawaii uh-huh. and solve the problem. This uh-huh. is this this is um, I'm sick and tired of of of, of this kind of uh, speeches. Of course, we know what happened to us when we when time to come back to our land came and we didn't. So so we become irre- historically irrelevant and look what happened uh, to us in, in in Europe and other and, and different places. Uh, but but to lean our whole justification, our, our whole ra- our whole right to the land of Israel and to the existence of the state of Israel on the Holocaust is not my way. So you're so what you're talking about here, Moshe, if I understand you, is a is a is a moral movement, really, a movement back to the foundation, to the roots of Judaism. Exactly. Uh, and and you're not suggesting that Israel's existence, Israel in terms of the Israel that 
the the legitimate Israel that goes back to the God of the Bible is dependent on American military might. Is, do I hear you correctly? Am I getting you right on that one? You definitely hear you hear me correctly, and I'm totally against uh, Israel continue receiving the American what, what's called American aid. Uh, it's not good for Israel. It's not good for America. Uh, we have a lot uh, to gain from 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 a real relationship uh, that based on on equal on on, on common va- values and uh, uh, economical um, interests and also military interests, mm-hmm. but build the relationship between Israel and America on, 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 on the way it's built today, I think is not good for Israel and is also not good for America. And I would uh, add to that, Moshe, that I think that uh, as much Israel would gain from that movement, uh, America would gain from that movement, because I think we've lost those basic foundational values that were built really on on Judaism uh, our 10 commandments which was this is exactly what i meant w- which was the the basis of law in america is now uh, is now being thrown out to a great extent so uh, i i really appreciate what you're saying and and in many ways i think bob you would agree with this that moshe's message is very similar to ron paul's message uh, and I know Ron Paul, who's, some people have called you Moshe, if, I don't know if you're familiar with Ron Paul, but the Ron Paul of Israel, um, because of these foundational values. And I, I've known Ron Paul for a long time, and uh, I know that he doesn't speak out very much about religion because he doesn't believe that the, that the state should be forcing religion, but he does but he does hold uh I don't believe know, that either. I know you don't and that's I think that's that's remarkable. But you know Moshe most people would say that if you were to become prime minister what would happen is immediately Israel would be in big big trouble because of all your enemies around you that you would be invaded and annihilated. How do you answer that? <laughs> Our biggest enemy is ourselves. <laughs> Our enemy are d- disappears by the way by the minute where is Syria? Where is Lebanon? <laughs> What's happening with Egypt? Soon, well, the same thing will be with, with uh, Jordan. So, numerically, if I may say, uh, uh, there's no real Arab, uh, uh, real Arab uh, army uh, facing us immediately. Of course, there's, there's a tremendous danger from, from Iran and uh, Egypt, that being armed by by the United States, by the way, <laughs> with a tremendous amount of of, of, of weapon, um, uh, might be a, d- a danger too. But let's face it, Israel is strong. Israel is Israel is very strong, and our problem is not military problem anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's it's more a spiritual problem. That's very interesting. Uh, let's take let's take uh, Iran as example. When Ahmadinejad, about uh, I think eight nine years ago, started talking about uh, his will to destroy Israel, he start, was starting was start talking like Hitler in 1933 in, the, in, in his speeches in the Reichstag when he, when he when he came into power. I think the whole world was was you know amazed from from the chutzpah, it's an English word, word, mm-hmm. word today, right, yeah. of, of the guy, and, and was waiting for an immediate action of Israel. I mean, after all, we, we spoke about the Holocaust all, all, those, all those years, and suddenly, and your Hitler is coming and doing the same thing. That's the whole reason why we, why we, we created the state of Israel. So, and what did we do? And what did we do? We, we, we rolled the, the responsibility to the world and basically to the United States, hmm. which is which the is same terrible. thing happened when when Saddam Hussein was dropping Scud missiles on Israel. Exactly, exactly. Israel exactly. did not he fight just, back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So and, and and what happened because of that? A big question mark, question mark started to rise above the legitimate legitimacy of Israel to exist. Above, uh, above, uh, above Europe and, and America and, and the Sorbonne and, and, and the big universities in uh, in, in, in London and, and so on, so on. Because because when we forget our real justification, when mm-hmm. we only lean on 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 uh, those kind of answers, on pragmatical answers and so on, we're losing it all. 
you're losing it all. It's not about military. It's about it's much more than physical strength that thank thank God we we do have. Uh, it's about it's about spiritual strength. Mm-hmm. And if you're asking me what needs to be done today with uh, with Iran, my answer is very simple. The target, the first target, is not the nuclear weapon. The first target is is those new Hitlers. Just imagine what happened if if the world would understand that in 1933, 1934, or or, or, or 1938 before World War started, the World War II started. The the target is Ahmadinejad, not the bomb. Mm-hmm. He himself. We should we should change the rules. We should un- we should understand that 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 we're not playing the same rules against that kind of threat. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really interesting to note, uh, you know, you, you made the point that uh, that the enemies of Israel are being armed by the United States, and I would again go back to Ron Paul's view that he would cut aid to Israel, but at the same time cut all the aid to the uh, to the surrounding countries as well. But uh, I, I think it's it's very interesting that well, as far uh, as as far as I know, from every six uh, weapon, let's say rifles that goes to the Middle East, one goes to Israel. Five goes to uh, its enemies. Right. So, so, so there you have it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's it doesn't make any sense except it does make sense for what uh, President Eisenhower warned about many years ago: the military-industrial complex. I guess right. there's people that are making an awful lot of money uh, in, by killing people and, um, and and keeping this tension between nations in place. And I think it's really interesting. You talk about the spiritual. Needs because it seems to me, and I'm very foggy on this. Um, what we as Christians refer to the Old Testament, but it seems to me there were warnings going back in in the early days of Israel not to become engaged with other nations, not to rely on other nations for for their salvation or for right. their for their for their help. Right. Is that right? So this Definitely. is a historic. This is a this is nothing new in Israel's history. And and you know what you don't even to you don't need even to read the Bible to understand that if you if you, if you have a good head on between your shoulders you can understand it by yourself. Mm-hmm. We have a, another five minutes or so left, uh, Moshe. If you can uh, hang on with us that long, I really appreciate you taking the time today. But I'd like to turn a little bit to economics in Israel. Uh, you talked in that film that I saw. You talked about. Uh, that you mentioned that the cost of living, at least the cost of housing and rents and, and buying houses and so forth, was way too expensive. Now, are you saying that because the laws of economics are too harsh, or is there some intervention in the economy that's that's causing that? Or, or, or would you like to explain why you think the cost of housing is too great in Israel these days? Well, freedom starts with economy, I believe, and uh, and when in Israel, ninety percent of the land belongs to the state, mm. which is ridiculous. This is a this you can find it only in the you know totalitarian states, not mm-hmm. in a, not in free states. Mm-hmm. Um, when when Yeshua uh, take over the the land, when the people of Israel come come into into Israel and fight the Canaanites. And uh, Yeshua, even before the war starts, Yeshua already um, uh, gives the land to the people, to the tribes. The land of Israel belongs to the belongs to the people of Israel, and to the and to the private human being, pri- uh, private Israeli, before it even belongs to the to the nation. Mm-hmm. It, it is our land, not only on the national level, but even before that, on the personal level, mm-hmm. uh, once the land will, will be will belong to the people, and, and, and the, the free market will, will do will do its uh, its work, most of the houses in Israel being are being built on the on the seven percent private uh, uh, land. The state doesn't doesn't let this the this belonging. Uh, uh, that doesn't let it out. Don't 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 give it away so easy, and, and mm-hmm. the prices jumps up, jump, mm-hmm. jumps up. Mm-hmm. So it's constricting the supply of of land available for housing. Right. Is really right. and, 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 and 90... makes, it, it makes the makes the market very very high. Right. Well, we're getting to the issue of property rights here. I think motion, and of course socialism. Uh, anti-freedom. I mean, you're talking about free markets, which is really property rights. It seems to me, and, and a very, very insightful 
author named Ilana Mercer, whose father was a rabbi in South Africa, uh, has has really has written a book called Into the Cannibal's Pot, and she's talked about uh, the importance of property rights. And if you take property rights from people, you're basically just one step away from taking their very lives. And she points exactly. out how this exactly. has happened in South Africa since that government has taken over and turned it into a Marxist state. But um, I think this is very interesting from another point of view, and I know Bob uh, Unger and I share this view with respect to the honesty of money. You know, if, if the government can create money and it's in cahoots with the big bankers, then it can create, uh, let's say, demands against the wealth of a nation and redistribute wealth from those that create it. I like to say the miners, the manufacturers, the farmers, the inventors. Uh, you could extend that to doctors and dentists, people that actually do things of value for other people. Uh, are finding their well, this is very true in America. I think it's true everywhere you have Marxism or socialism. But the government and the banks create money out of nothing. The framers of our constitution defined the dollar in, in terms of weights of uh, of gold and silver. And this concept that goes back to the Old Testament of honest weights and measures to me right. is is something that's extremely important because if you take that away, you give government the monopoly power and the banks that are in bed with them to redistribute wealth from those that create it to those that 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 have control of the system. Do you think this is a problem in Israel? It's a problem in Israel, thank God, less than in America today, and definitely than Europe, but it's mm-hmm. still a problem. Um, and, uh, and yes, when I'm talking, when I'm talking about going back to Jewish culture, I'm talking about, about that kind of culture. A culture that you don't, uh, steal from the people and by, by, by having different measure, measurements mm-hmm. every, every day. Mm-hmm. Def, de- definitely, uh, this is, this is what we're talking about. The, the, what what the, the state mission is very simple, and it's the, described in, in, in the Rambam in, in many places. The mission of the the, the 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 goal of the state is to give security to the people, mm-hmm. outside security against enemies, and inside security by having laws and having uh, police and, and and so on. Here it starts, and as close as can be uh, that can be, it should it should end. The, the 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 power should go back to the family, should go back to the community, and 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 as as, as less and as as can be to the states. Mm-hmm. Well, there we get back to one of the Ten Commandments: "Thou shalt not steal." And I think it's uh, you know it's it's so so important. And uh, I I really really appreciate it. Uh, uh, anything else you'd like to add? And maybe Bob, you'd have a question or two for Moshe before we uh, complete our discussion today. Well, I think that uh, most Americans uh, perceive the current leadership uh, of Israel um, to be uh, also uh, more, uh, when they say right-wing, more libertarian, less government involvement. And I think we we need Moshe to maybe finalize the uh, interview with just summing up why he is different than what we currently have. Yeah, that'd be great, Moshe. Go ahead and do that if you would, please. Look, I, I'm, I'm very um, positive, and I, 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 uh, I see Israel as a miracle. I see what's happening in Israel as a miracle. I believe the state of Israel is going to become the richest state on earth. <laughs> I really see it, I see it happening, even though it, it might sound strange today. Already today, the Israeli currency is, uh, I think, the strongest currency in the Western, Western world. The, the, the combination, combination of the uh, uh, of the Jewish mind uh, uh, and the markets that starting to become free in free in Israel doing doing miracle. Israel is already today uh, bringing uh, uh, a lot of richness, if I may say, it, to the world in many many aspects, um, economically, uh, um, new kind of uh, ways to, to medical ways and so and mm-hmm. so on. Every sure. Every phone, every every computer have the know know how and the and the and the developments that of, of Israeli engineering, even though we are a very small country, and I believe that in 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 the coming future, uh, this uh, economical and, and and physical, if I may say, light comes out of 
Zion will, 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 will be uh, also, will become also a spiritual light that will make the world much, much, much better place to live in. Oh, that's, that's a really good way to, uh, to end this conversation on an upbeat note. I think the notion, uh, Moshe, that we could go back to a moral, uh, to a more moral country, a country that, that sticks to the laws that God gave us, uh, would allow us to be free and would probably f- really free up the creativity of, of, of human beings in Israel. Uh, and of course, I believe wherever this, uh, these moral, um, uh, these moral laws are followed. It, it really has tremendous freeing benefits. We tend to look at it the opposite way. We tend to look at a bunch of laws as being, uh, you know, restrictive and not giving us freedom. But in fact, when we really think about it, uh, living within those Ten Commandments provides tremendous benefits, uh, spiritual, moral, and economic as well. I do want to say this. I would like to tell my listeners that uh, there is an excellent video uh, on Moshe Faglin that really shows his life and his character and what he's all about. Uh, I don't know if Moshe or Bob, if you could just uh, perhaps tell me where people can view that video. Is there a website they yeah, can if, go to? Yeah, if you go, if you go on, actually, if you just go on YouTube.com, YouTube, and just put in the search box, The Mystery of Moshe Faglin, the, uh, the film, it's about 30 minutes long, will come up. It's it's excellent. It it really tells the story of Moshe Faglin, and I have to say to my listeners, those of you who really adore uh, Ron Paul and his integrity and what he's done uh, in America, are I'm I'm almost sure you're going to to love what Moshe Faglin is doing as well. Moshe, I want to thank you very much for taking your valuable time, Bob Unger as well, for being with us today. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you to both of you. Thank you very much. Folks, don't go away. We'll be right back with our next guest. Don't go away. I'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Windfall profits happen frequently in gold exploration stocks, but the risk of losses are also common. Miranda Gold enhances prospects of shareholder gains by combining the intellectual capital of geologists, mine finders Ken Cunningham and Joe Herbert with other people's hard dollars in search for elephant-sized gold deposits in politically safe places like Nevada and Columbia. That keeps shareholder dilution to a minimum, so when discoveries are made, major gains are possible. For more, go to MirandaGold.com. Nevada Gold Corporation controls 18 exploration and development properties covering nearly 50 square miles in Nevada's well-known gold trends. Its flagship Wind Mountain Gold Silver Project is 100% owned and had an independent updated resource estimate and positive preliminary economic assessment in early 2012. This past September, Bravada signed an agreement with Argonaut Gold to further explore and develop Wind Mountain. For further information, please visit bravadagold.com. listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me today Robert Ian. Robert is one of the world's leading experts at helping individuals and organizations uncover the hidden opportunities of rapid change. He is author of How to Identify, Master, and Conquer Change, and the founder and CEO of Change Management International, uh, LLC. That's a U.S.-based research consulting and marketing firm that monitors businesses, economic and social changes to help clients better understand how rapid change can be harnessed and leveraged powerful uh, new opportunities. Uh, CMI for short, that's Change Management International's current focus is on the declining value of the dollar and how the uh, how this global phenomenon will result in higher long-term prices for commodity-based assets like gold, silver, base metals, energy, agriculture, etc. 
Well, Robert will be one of the speakers at Liberty Mastermind Symposium in Dallas. That's on June 28th and 29th. Uh, and uh, we'll discuss major changes taking place in the world today, of course. That's his, that's his thing. Um, and he'll be providing strategies and conclusions to give you a better perspective, uh, more options and more solutions for conquering change. And we certainly are fa- facing some major changes in our lives these days, no question about that. So welcome, Ian. It's really good to have you with me today. Hey, Jay, thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's fantastic what you're doing here, uh, and I want to first of all thank you for inviting me to be a part uh, of the upcoming conference that you have uh, on June 28th and 29th, uh, the Liberty Mastermind Symposium in Dallas. So thank you very much for inviting me, but what I would like you to do is just maybe talk just a minute about about uh, you know the purpose of this conference. I, I think maybe we've sort of alluded to it. Uh, the purpose of it, and, and how people can learn more about it and plan to attend. Well, the conference is a it's a collection of, we have 15 speakers. Uh, we're going to have three panel discussions on, on one very amazing day. There'll also be a night before uh, dinner and a grand ball where uh, attendees of the conference will have an opportunity to meet and network and dine with 15 thought leaders in alternative media. You know, we, we, have, uh, we have very sanitized messages that come across the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And we have alternative media like your show, which has an extremely large reach to a, a global audience mm-hmm. that, that continues to gain momentum. And there are, are more and more individuals out there who have growing audiences. And, and what we've done with the Liberty Mastermind Symposium is to pull together some of the uh, the top thought leaders in alternative media to come together for one day where they can share their ideas, their philosophies, uh, and how people can protect themselves from the elevated threat level that exists right now against personal liberty in all forms. And that's the, the different speakers are going to talk about everything from financial to being prepared to where to live to economics to uh, family change. I mean, you're going to really get a, a full, broad spectrum of, of all of the things you need to be on guard for and and what you can prepare for now. And, and getting all these thought leaders together in one room uh, is, is just going to make a, a dynamic day. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. When I look over the cast of characters you have coming here uh, to this show on June 28th and 29th in Dallas, uh, they are really some very, very interesting people, uh, probably uh, starting with Martin Armstrong, who is a person that I have, you know, I've really wanted to meet up with sometime, and I'm really looking forward to meeting Martin Armstrong. Talk to us a little bit about Martin Armstrong, who he is and what he's all about. Well, Martin is, uh, he's one of our speakers uh, at Liberty Mastermind Symposium. Uh, his website, website is armstrongeconomics.com. And he is the developer of what he calls the economic uh, confidence model, uh, using uh, you know his theory that boom and bust cycles occur like clockwork uh, every 8.6 years. He has, uh, in the past, over the last many decades, has correctly forecasted some of the world's most significant uh, financial events. Uh, you know that's included the the collapse of Russia. Uh, the, uh, he predicted the peak uh, in the Japanese stock market before it crashed in 1989. Uh, he also called to the day uh, the crash in 1987. Hmm. Uh, subsequently, he got involved. Uh, you know, one of his clients became involved in litigation. He got pulled into a lawsuit. Um, he, a court-appointed receiver. Uh, tried to get a hold of the uh, uncompiled uh, model source code uh, that was the key to making all of his, uh, you know, accurate market predictions over these, um, over all those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to get a hold of that from him. He refused to turn it over, and as a result, ended up spending uh, roughly 11 years in prison for contempt of court. And uh, he would not answer certain questions. Finally, in um, in September of 2011, he was released. Uh, you know, and he had endured really the longest incarceration for civil contempt 
in the history of the U.S. legal system without having committed a crime. Mm. And it, he has the most amazing bio, which we have posted at libertymastermind.us. It's a very long read. He has a number of links in it uh, to, to summaries and, and case analogies summarizing his forecasts, as well as his court battle and the years that he spent uh, in, in, in prison, in confinement. Uh, and it's just an absolutely fascinating read. And I, uh, even if you don't attend the, uh, the symposium, I highly suggest everyone go to our website and read Martin's bio. It's, it's very uh, illuminating and, uh, and, and educating. Yeah, I give that website once more because not only uh, can they get the bios of Martin Armstrong and the other speakers there, but also they can uh, get all the details they need to uh, to attend your conference. What is the the website again? Yeah, Jay, it's uh, it's libertymastermind.us. Libertymastermind.us. Okay, good. All right, let's talk a little bit about a few of the other speakers that are there. Um, Bill Murphy is no stranger to this show. Yeah, no, Bill Murphy, I've known Bill since uh, I first met him in 2007. Uh, he's the chairman of the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. Um, they have uh, been exposing the manipulation of the gold price since 1999. Uh, like I said, I first met him in 07, and he's put on several global conferences. Uh, one was Gata Goes to Washington in 08, and he did one in 2011 in London. I attended both of those, and they were superb events, and he, he's just a remarkable individual. You, you just had him on, I think, about a week ago. I did. He's been on several times uh, on this show, and, and you know, I, I really admire him and uh, very much for the guts that it's taken to, to take the position that he has. And, of course, Chris Powell and other members, uh, it's a, a broad base of people that are contributing to the Gold Antitrust Action Committee. Let's talk about John Rubino, who's also been on this show. Tell us about John. Well, well, yeah, John runs dollarcollapse.com, and, uh, you know, he's the co-author with James Turk uh, of the dollar collapse, or excuse me, the collapse of the dollar and how to profit from it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, his background, I mean, his expertise um, as a trader, uh, an analyst, uh, and a publisher spans three decades. I mean, the 80s, the 90s, and uh, throughout the 2000s. Uh, he has just a, a wealth of knowledge and uh, and very credible background to to back up all of uh, all of the data that he shares. So we're very excited about having John. David Morgan has been on this show as well. Yeah, you know David. Uh, I've known David for some time. He's a he's a top precious metals analyst. Uh, he publishes the Morgan Report uh, on precious metals. Uh, he has a very wide client base. He consults for uh, hedge funds. Uh, mining companies and uh, high net worth investors, and uh, he's just uh, he's an excellent speaker. I, I saw him just recently at the Silver Summit uh, last October, and I, I believe he delivered like no less than three separate presentations there. So mm -hmm. uh, very insightful. Yeah, he's really very strong on silver. Mickey Fulp is a geologist, uh, also been on this show. Tell us about just a word about Mickey. Well, yeah, Mickey's known as the mercenary geologist. Uh, he has 35 years' experience as an exploration geologist and an analyst. Um, I've moderated several panel discussions where he's been a guest, uh, and his expertise um, on, on what it takes from a, the, the geology side of a mining project is always in demand. He's extremely knowledgeable, very engaging, and uh, really knows his stuff. Kerry Lutz is a, a radio guy as well, so just a word about Kerry. Well, yeah, Kerry's uh, actually putting on the uh, the conference with me. Kerry's an attorney uh, by trade. Uh, two years ago, he founded the Financial Survival Network, uh, which is an online radio show. Uh, he's interviewed hundreds of guests, and he just wrote a new book called uh, Forget Wall Street and Go for the Gold. Very good. Chris, uh, do we... I, I, that's that's probably good, very good advice, certainly. I, I, would, uh, I would certainly oh, agree yeah. with that. Chris uh, Duane. Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris is a very, very interesting individual. I met him for the first time uh, late last year in person. Uh, he's a U.S. Marine, uh, a venture capitalist, and he became a self-made millionaire uh, by the time he was 30 years old. Uh, his focus is on silver, and he has a YouTube channel called uh, The Greatest Truth Never Told, and in like the last year and a half, he's had something like 6 million views of that program. It's a a multi-part series on the history and the use of silver 
as an asset to to really preserve and defend your economic liberty. Uh, very good material. I urge everyone to take a look at it. Aaron uh, Clary. Yeah, Aaron uh, is someone uh, that I was just recently introduced to. Uh, Aaron blogs daily uh, under the moniker of Captain Capitalism, and he recently wrote a book called Enjoy the Decline. Uh, he is a, a minimalist who has structured his entire life to take full advantage of the current economic decline. And uh, if you go to his website or his YouTube uh, postings, um, I can guarantee you they will keep you engaged for hours. He's a, he's a real innovative thought leader. Gary Gibson. Yeah, Gary uh, works with, um, uh, he, uh, we don't have his bio up just yet, uh, he works with, uh, with Jeff Berwick mm-hmm. at, um, at uh, the Dollar Vigilante newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, self-described uh, anarcho-capitalists, uh, very cutting-edge, very, uh, very uh, uh, thought-provoking commentary. Uh, and uh, I think uh, you know he and Jeff Berwick are both going to be uh, at the um, uh, at the event. And, uh, yeah, yeah and just to pick up, you know, Jeff founded uh, you know in addition to uh, what I said regarding uh, Gary, Jeff founded the Canada's largest financial website, uh, Stockhouse.com. And you know, Jeff also has the ability to to penetrate mainstream media. He's a, a regular guest on CNBC, Fox, and and many other broadcasts. So we're, we're very excited to have both of them. Oh, and Jeff's been on this show a number of times as well. Andy Hoffman. Oh, I've known Andy for for a number of years. He's uh, he's the marketing director for Miles Franklin uh, Precious Metals. Uh, he's a prolific writer uh, on gold, uh, silver, uh, macroeconomics. Um, and he's been writing uh, under the uh, the moniker of Ranting Andy since mm-hmm. I think it was like 2008 or nine. And uh, just a couple of years ago, he had written that he sold all of his junior mining stocks and invested a hundred percent in physical metal. Oh boy, that turned out well, didn't it? Uh, his timing, <laughs> yes, it his timing couldn't have been better. What about uh, Elijah Johnson? Yes, Elijah, uh, he is, uh, he's a young gentleman. I believe he's, um, 16 or 17. He has a YouTube site called financeandliberty.com. That's the website. It's, uh, called Unconventional Finance. Um, like I say, he's 16 or 17 years old. Uh, he's been called smarter than Ben Bernanke. And if you listen to his interviews that he's done, it's very easy to see why. Uh, he, he's one of the youngest sound money enthusiasts and experts that are on the scene. And, you know, he's going to be, be presenting, a, I think, a very dynamic program. Uh, you know, individuals that are his age and have that ability to speak to that younger demographic can, I think, really help pull in, you know, the younger generation into the gold and silver markets, which still, by and large part, is very much of... Uh, well, most resource conferences, I, I take most people at 50 and up. So yeah, getting guess. a younger demographic in is going to be uh, very good for the, the whole sector. Absolutely. Now, you might have to help me with the last name here. Stefan Molinex? Oh, uh, Stefan Molyneux, yes. Uh, he has uh, free domain radio in Canada. Uh, he, he talks about philosophy, personal freedom, liberty, He's been doing this a long time. I believe he started his radio show in 2004, mm-hmm. and he's done something like 2,300 interviews and has had over 50 million downloads in that time. I, I, I was astonished. I, I met him last summer uh, here in Las Vegas at, uh, at Freedom Fest for the first time, mm-hmm. and you know, his ability and passion to discuss all aspects of personal liberty will, will astound you. He's a very engaging gentleman. And one more I've got on my list here, Michael Krieger. Oh, yeah, Michael. Uh, uh, he runs LibertyBlitzkrieg.com, and uh, he describes himself as a recovering Wall Street employee. <laughs> uh, he used to work for uh, Lehman Brothers for about a decade. Uh, he was in equity research. Then he worked as an analyst with another firm. And now he blogs every day on, on what he sees as an increasingly authoritarian uh, United States. Unfortunately, I'm afraid he's right. Uh, but anyway, I would really encourage listeners out there to check out. Yeah, the, the seminar is uh, libertymastermind.us, and uh, my, my website is actually conquerchange.com. Very good. libertymastermind.us, right? 
Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I really look forward to it. Robert, thank you very much for telling our listeners about this uh, this event. I think it's coming up very soon. It's June 28th and 29th in Dallas, Texas. Thank you very much for being with us. Thanks, Jake. Folks, don't go away. I'll be right back with a summary of today's show and a word about next week's guest. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Golden Arrow Resources on the TSX Exchange has recently made a new silver discovery and is presently drilling a 6,500-meter program on that discovery. A maiden resource calculation is expected to be released in April of this year. The project is located in Jujuy Province in northern Argentina, just 30 kilometers from the Perquitas Mine operated by Silver Standard. Golden Arrow has an experienced team with decades of experience in Argentina. Golden Arrow offers shareholders exceptional leverage with an exciting new silver discovery. Paramount Gold is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce advanced stage gold and silver projects in the mining-friendly jurisdictions of Nevada and northern Mexico. Backed by a strategic investor and a strong balance sheet, an experienced management team has completed preliminary economic assessments on both projects, showing robust economics and immense potential for increasing ounces and mine life. For more information, go to ParamountGold.com or follow on Twitter, PZG News. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-ranked gold mining region. Sandgold's most recent gold discovery, the Shoreline Basalt Mining Unit, is already in production at more than 75,000 ounces per year. And Sandgold continues to pursue nearby targets within one of Manitoba's most prospective gold mining trends, the Rice Lake Gold Belt. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol is SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www.sandgold.ca. Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor. What a show we had today. Although I talked a bit about the markets and the economy at the start of today's show, and that's always really what we try to do in this show every week to give you some sense of how you can profit in the markets. The overriding topic of today's show was one about morality and ethics in the business world and in life in general. I hope you enjoyed the views of Yale professor Jonathan Macy. I certainly did, and I really was pleasantly surprised to hear how well he understands the damage that government regulation has caused in doing exactly the opposite that it's supposed to do in many cases, and in fact, making the rich richer and more powerful, reducing competition uh, and allowing the alliance of government and corporations to profit at the expense of the masses. I thought really pleasantly surprised by Professor Macy's insights. Then we listened to the very unique but biblically centered worldview of a person who many think will become one day the Prime Minister of Israel. Of course, I'm talking about Moshe Faglin, who more than any other politician in America or Israel, in my view, is like Ron Paul. While Ron Paul may post, uh, may talk less about his religious heritage than Moshe Faglin does, there is no doubt that both Faglin and Paul very much revere those values that are biblically based that were given to us by the founders of our Constitution. And I believe that's true of both of these men more than any other elected officials that I know of. Then I spoke to Robert Ian about something I am really excited about, and that is the upcoming Liberty Mastermind Symposium in Dallas, Texas on June 28th and 29th. I will be speaking there, and I am really interested in meeting up with Martin Armstrong. He's a very famous market analyst who spends some time in jail for some very mysterious reasons. Bill Murphy, uh, Carrie Lutz, Mickey Falk, uh, and a host of others will be there as well. Uh, go to www.libertymastermind.us, libertymastermind.us, to sign up for the conference and say that you heard about it through me, Jay Taylor. Next week's guest will be Ed Qualls. 
nationally known expert on trade and business and the author of Community Capitalism, Pulling Capitalism Back from Its Own Abyss. Also with me next week will be James Cook of Investment Rarities and silver expert Ted Butler uh, to talk about the manipulation of the gold markets and especially the silver markets. Ted Butler has been one of the most outspoken people about this topic, so I think it is important that you do listen to what he has to say as well as Jim Cook, who is very well known as a gold trader and a a dealer of uh, gold bullion and silver bullion products. And to hear about one of the most exciting new silver discoveries that I think is going to make people a lot of money, Carlos Fernandez Maze, the president and CEO of Golden Arrow, will be my guest as well next week. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. In closing, I want to thank the staff at Voice America for making this show logistically possible. Tacey Trump, my producer. Matt Widener, my engineer. Thanks to each of you for listening, making this the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.